0: I know words, I have the best words Nobody knows the system better than me Which is why I alone can fix it
1: Hello, hello, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny the Gentile Profita. And today's episode is actually going to be, or at least the majority of it, is going to be a continuation of the last episode I recorded with Johnny the Jew. He is not here with me right now, but we ran a little long on the debate recap episode so we decided to split this into two because we also went long <laughs> with our gun control topic um we ended up debating gun control you know a, a pretty spirited debate in, in in light of the mass shootings that took place over the weekend so Um, that's what the majority of this episode will be dedicated to. And I I must say, it is refreshing. It is refreshing to see because there are a, a good amount of things that me and Johnny the Jew disagree on. But it is nice that we can have a spirited debate and it doesn't devolve into the cancer that you see on the internet, on social media, on Twitter and things like that. Yeah, you know, we can disagree with each other and we don't think that the other person, you know, that if if they believe in gun control or if they don't believe in gun control, somehow that makes them a a bad person or something like that. I think we realize that we're both coming at it from a perspective of we want a solution to the problem. And so I think I think you guys are gonna like this episode. You're gonna get both perspectives. Obviously, I don't want any gun control whatsoever. And Johnny the Jew in all his statist glory will try to make the case for, you know, the the so-called common sense common sense reforms, you know. He 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 asks a lot of questions about, you know, why we can't have more training or just make it harder for people to attain guns and stuff like that you know the, the things that you hear and I, I do my best to to plead the case for uninhibited gun ownership and um yeah we, we we ended up agreeing to disagree as usual but hopefully somebody out there listening will be converted to my way of seeing things which is the correct way obviously there were, I, there were a couple things I wanted to talk about before I, I get into the, the whole gun control thing. It is related to the mass shooting. It's just more about the media response and the political response to these types of events because we didn't really get into that a lot. You know, We talked a little bit about what we think the causes of these events are, and, and then it got into what's the, what a solution could be and there we didn't really touch on just how despicable it is for all these these politicians to jump on these tragedies and push their legislation and their political agenda on people the the bodies aren't even cold you know and it's it's not like i want to make this you know play my little violin you know using the deaths of people to, I don't know, can we not just grieve anymore for a while? Can we not just take a minute, more than a minute, take a couple days to just reflect on what happened and maybe our own lives and the lives of people we care about? Do we have to turn it into this immediate battle for gun control legislation? It's just, ugh. I don't know. It, it, really, it really bugs me. It, it really bugs me. I mean, there, there are people that lost family members, loved ones, in, in a shocking and tragic way. And to just immediately, it just seems like nobody cares about that anymore. They just care about taking away your guns. I mean that that seems to be the motivation here. It's like you don't even care that these people just died. You just you just see an opportunity for you to for you to push your agenda on other people. It, it, there's something very disgusting about it where people don't even know what happened. You don't have any of the details. You just know that there was a mass shooting and all of a sudden it becomes this political issue. I'm just so sick of it, you know and the the media coverage and just how i don't, know, I, don't even, I how unproductive it is how unproductive it is to just and and hypocritical because they come out and obviously the the guy that shot up the Walmart in El Paso he allegedly posted this manifesto that has some white supremacist language in it or something like that or he's anti-immigration and it's just the media picks up on this and they immediately want to blame donald trump and then all these politicians come out and 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 talking heads on the media and they start blaming all white people and lecturing us on how we have this problem with with white uh nationalism and whites is white supremacy this is white supremacy like the, the lowest IQ response ever and the most surface analysis that you could possibly get is something like that. And the hypocrisy comes in when not only did we have the, the shooting the following day that was a, a hardcore leftist Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren supporter. You don't see nearly the demonization of him or his political views and you don't see the blaming of those those politicians, which you shouldn't. It is absolutely ridiculous. The idea that you know some lunatic, some deranged fucking lunatic can take something that you say in the most insane way possible and do something as horrific as this and, and you're blamed for it for what you said. I mean it's it it is like it's totally ridiculous and you know the, there was that bernie shooter or the, not the bernie shooter the um there was that shooter that shot up the softball game the 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 political softball game or whatever he was a bernie sanders supporter and i don't remember anybody in the media blaming bernie sanders rhetoric for his shooting which you shouldn't it's insane that that you should be held responsible for somebody, some deranged person interpreting what you say in the most insane way possible. That, that that's just absolutely ridiculous, and then to to blame an entire group of people for the actions of one person. This collectivist nonsense drives me insane. It's so destructive to think in collectivist terms. It's why libertarianism is the best philosophy. Because it views everyone as an individual. We don't care about your group. We don't care about this collective race of people, this race, that race, this gender, that gender, this special group, that special group. It doesn't matter. You're an individual, and that's what matters. The individual is supreme. And when you start getting into this collectivist crap, that's when you start to have... Very, very big issues in society. And I don't understand what, what the approach is here for the media to come out, politicians to come out and demonize half the country that, as if they're to blame for this. It, it, it's just, it, it's insane to me. It, even, if it's, even if you're just directing it at white supremacists or at white males, what, do you, what are you trying to accomplish? You think calling, just calling white white people white supremacists is going to make them um, like you more, is going to turn them not toward white supremacists, you're absolutely wrong. You're absolutely wrong. If you're trying to create more white supremacists, if you're trying to create more racism, fan those, fa- those flames of racism, That's what you do. You get up there and you start lecturing people. You start calling them names. You start talking about how deplorable they are, how they need to do this, or they need to do that toxic masculinity, all this shit. What do you think gave rise to the alt-right? It's a reactionary movement. It's a reactionary movement based upon an entire uh, entire generation of white males being lectured to. Being told that their, you know, their opinions don't matter because of their skin color; that they're not, you know, they can't talk on this topic; that they're despicable; that they have this privilege; that they need to denounce; they have this original sin of being a white straight male. What do you think is going to happen to those people? That that's all they hear growing up. All right. If that's all you hear growing up and then you have a shitty, you just have a shitty life, like you have nothing going for you, you have no job, you have no girl, you have no friends, what What do you think is going to happen to that person? And especially now with the social media stuff where you can just engulf yourself. well not just social media, but the internet. The, the internet, like you can, if you want to be a white supremacist, I'm sure you could find uh, a, a whole rabbit hole on the internet to go down where you do nothing but surround yourself with people with that kind of worldview, and you just get more and more radicalized. but you guys are pushing them toward that edge, and i don't understand what the plan is here i don 't understand what what you think you're trying to accomplish by doing this um, you know calling everybody a piece of shit and then threatening to take their guns away is not going to result in some peaceful resolution to these issues. And it doesn't get to the root of the problem. As I, I talk, I try to talk about with Johnny the Jew in this episode, that the guns are never the issue here. The tool is not the problem. The problem is deeper than that. These people are broken. And and there's something going on here. My guess is it's a number of factors. But the idea that we could just take away the guns while we're calling, while we're calling everybody, you know, a third of the population or whatever it is, that, that they're, they're this toxic piece of shit and they need to check their privilege. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. You're going to start a fucking civil war. And that's not a threat. That's just what's going to happen. You're going to create more of these, these angry, deranged people who, for whatever reason, have something wrong going on in their life and they find an outlet for that. The, the white supremacy or the anti-immigration stuff, you find something to blame your problems on. This is what the vast majority of people do because we don't teach self-responsibility anymore. Nobody's responsible for their own life. Nobody's responsible for their own actions anymore. Nobody's responsible for screwing up. It's always somebody else's fault. And so they're going to find an outlet. When they, when they look in the mirror and they have a, this shitty life, oh, well, that's because of these Mexicans, or it's because of this, or it's because of that. It's a manifestation of something deeper. And nobody seems to, be, nobody seems to understand that. And then, of course, it's just so obvious that whenever there's a a mass shooting or a a terrorist attack by somebody who isn't a straight white male of Republican or right-leaning ideology, all all of this stuff goes out the window. It's, oh, you can't blame all Muslims for the action of one Muslim, and that one person doesn't define an entire group of people. You can't blame an entire religion for the actions of one person. How dare you? It's just the hypocrisy is disgusting. And the level of coverage. It, there was that shooter a, a couple of a month or two ago. We've probably almost everyone's almost forgotten about it because he was one of these social justice warrior um gender fluid types who didn't fit the profile. That, that they could use to bash Trump over the head with it. So his mass shooting goes virtually unreported. Certainly unreported in, when compared to this Al, uh, something like this El Paso shooting. It, they just breeze right over it. They should be ashamed of themselves. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. You know, Donald Trump was right about one thing. And that is that the media is the enemy of the people. Anyway, I I wanted to get that off my chest. It, it, the last last few days of just watching this unfold has been has been cancerous. I I urge each and every one of you to avoid thinking about people in in collectivist terms, in in terms of groups, and putting them into these categories. of You're black. You're white straight, gay, it doesn't matter, okay? None of that stuff matters. What matters is that you're a human being, and you're an individual, and you have individual rights, and your rights as an individual trumps everything else. And if you stick to that, if you just stick to that one principle of individualism, you will be amazed. All of these problems in society, they they, they work themselves out. All of these issues where we, we fret over, like, is this the right thing to do? Or is that the right thing to do? Or, or you walk down Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Hey, do you have a second for gay rights? Do you have a second for LGBTQ whatever? And and, th- and then we got to fight for this group's rights and that group's rights. No, no, no. Nobody gets special rights and privileges. We all get the same rights as individuals. It doesn't matter if we're gay or straight or black or white or a man or a woman, we're individuals. That's what counts. So, with that in mind and without further ado, here is the remainder of the Jew and the Gentile episode from this past Monday. Enjoy.
0: So, you want to go to our next topic? Yeah, tough uh, topic, not an easy one.
1: Yeah, so we had another. We had two. I don't remember a weekend when we had, or even just a period like a sh- like a, a two day period or whatever, where we had back to back mass shootings in America. Right. This might be a first. Hopefully, it's not a trend. Um.
0: And then a week ago, there was also another one. Was there? Yes. Um.
1: The problem is the way they define mass shooting now is very deceptive. You know, they <laughs> Twitter is just the cesspool as soon as one of these things happens. But I, I was spending a lot of time on there and they, you know, they're like, oh, there's been 319 mass shootings this year. And it's just like, yeah, OK, if you're defining a mass shooting as like four or more people getting shot, not including the shooter, then, yeah, I mean, there's a mass shooting on the south side of Chicago every weekend. Right. Um, there was one two days ago. Um, Too much shooting.
0: Yeah, seven wounded in mass shooting near Chicago playground seven hours ago. Yeah. Who that is?
1: Yeah, that's the one I've been talking about. That was that was at Douglas like, Park. Yeah, yeah, I'm that sorry. was like one thirty in the morning on Sunday. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, I mean these are just gang drive by shootings. That one was. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. You can imagine, somebody yeah. somebody drove by in a, a black charger or something like that and fired a bunch of shots into a park where people were hanging out at one thirty in the morning. I don't know who else is hanging out at parks in the south side or wherever, wherever it was. West side at one thirty in the morning. So on a Saturday. I don't know. So
0: we, we've talked about guns before. We've talked about sort of Second Amendment on, on the podcast before. Mm hmm. Okay, well, what's the what's the principle say? You're you're kind of the, you kind of comment like, hey, I've got this guiding principle, and
1: yeah, I well, I think everybody has a fundamental right to defend themselves, and I, I well, that doesn't
0: address the mass shooting.
1: What do you mean? Well,
0: what's what's the reason behind it? The and how do we stop it?
1: Yeah, well, so I do think that most people are looking at all of these shootings the wrong way. Which is like the, the first thing that everybody does is they, they, they turn to Twitter or social media or something, they get on the internet, and they try to figure out, okay, like what, what race was the shooter, what were his political views, and, and they sort of go from there. They,
0: I don't think, I don't know if everyone does that. I mean, I think a lot of people do it. I would say I'd be amazed, Johnny, if not more than 50% of America... Sees it on TV and says, can't believe this is happening in our country and just a lot of pain. I mean, I do think there's probably a subset that are like, oh, well, what was the motivation and like, what was his race? Yeah, but I feel like I most mean, people was, are just all over
1: Twitter, man. Well,
0: I, I would. Well, yeah, but trending. Tr-
1: okay. Well, all right. That's that's fair. Um, but it's all over the mainstream media news too. MSNBC, CNN it was all over that, too. All the politicians are talking about... I mean, I don't care what media platform you, hear, you listen to your politicians on, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Bernie Sanders, they're all out there saying this stuff. So, you know, the thing is, these are not... The, the root cause of these, of these shootings, even the one with, um, in, in Texas, is not, you know, white supremacy or something like that. That's a manifestation of a deeper problem inside these individuals. Like there is something wrong with that person. Right. And it's manifesting itself either politically or whatever they claim. Cause we make, we make decisions emotionally and when we tend to justify them either rationally or like we find some way of justifying them. So it's like, if there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong in my life and it's going to, I, I can use whatever to sort of manifest my problems out to the world. And I think that's what's going on here. I, I
0: mean, I definitely think that the majority of people in America would agree with you and say, these people are definitely mentally ill, right? You, oh, you
1: have to be right to I just mean, kill a bunch of people indiscriminately. Right. I I, think I don't definition. think that, I don't
0: think that's in question. It's like, yes, the, the, these are mentally ill individuals and there is a mental illness problem in America that this happens so often. Right. And I'm sure there's a ton of mental ill people that think about doing this and actually, you know, aren't crazy enough or for whatever reason don't carry out the act, but I'm sure, you know, it's thought about a lot, right? And I'm sure, you know, the people that actually do it is, um, is probably just a fraction of the people that think about doing it.
1: Yeah. Maybe, I don't know how you could prove that either way. It's just pure speculation, but we do seem to be getting more and more people willing to do that, whether whether or not there's more people having the thoughts and not acting on it, or maybe there's more people having, maybe there's just more people having the thoughts and acting on it. I don't know. I know. I don't know if you saw the Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah he he just tried to tweet out. He's like you know something along the lines of for a little bit of perspective, like. Over a two-day period, here's how many other people die from X, Y, and Z. You know, medical malpractice, car accidents, okay, that sort of stuff. I mean, the, the media loves to play up these tragedies as these huge stories. And, you know, it's the end of the world. This is going on everywhere. This is an epidemic. When in reality, it's it's a very, 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 very small fraction of 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 even just gun deaths in America come right. from mass shootings. It's 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 a blip on the radar. Right. And overall violence statistics are are way down compared to where they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. The trend is we're we're becoming less violent overall, but you'd never know that from the media reporting, you know, because they if it if it bleeds it leads, right?
0: Right. I think I think collectively it's tragic. Like I mean, well, one is tragic. Collectively, it's a problem, right? I mean, I'm looking at the Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, he uh, got tweet.
1: shredded for that tweet. He, he said he uh, took a lot of shit for it.
0: We across any 40 hours, we also lose 40 to homicide via handgun, 200 to car accidents, 250 to suicide, 300 to the flu, 500 to medical errors. Um, I think like terrorism. You know, like the randomness is probably what, what gets people the most, mm-hmm. right? That it could happen to you and there's really no way to stop it, right? Although you yeah. can say Well, you know, that's, car that accidents. goes back
1: to the whole delusion yeah. thing that I'm talking about. If you think that there is some sort of policy that you can enact, gun control, common sense this, common sense that, that's going to protect you from somebody who is willing to kill other people and die in the process, you are delusional. Right. There's, there's just no way so, to stop so it.
0: So would you say, I mean, are you contending that, hey, this is a problem, but it's not necessarily a problem that necessitates some sort of far-reaching action?
1: Well, I think it's important to keep it in perspective in terms of the actual number of people that die in these tragedies compared to people things that people die in every single day. And I do think it is a problem that needs to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed in the right way. And I want a free market in ideas here. I don't want some top-down government solution like somebody gets on a blowhorn and just barks out orders because they think they know what's causing this. I want 7 billion people figuring out solutions to these problems. Because the thing is... The problem is not with the, the method that people use to kill people. The problem is that we have a growing number of people that, for whatever reason, are willing to just go out and kill a bunch of people that they don't know. Right. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can speculate as to what the causes are. I don't think it's any one thing. Usually when people go crazy or they snap or something, it's not one issue it's It's a lot of things that are bothering them, and it could be a number of factors. it could be the fact that that people are like so ingrained in social media now, like you were just saying not everyone's on twitter like i was i I got sucked into the the Twitter cesspool as soon as that shooting happened, and I mean when you do spend all of your your life on the computer like detached from society detached from reality, and all you see is the sort of facade that people put up on social media, which is they're always trying to put their best foot forward, make their lives look like it's like the best thing ever right and you and you're sitting there seeing that, and your life kind of sucks. you have nothing to live for, right. maybe I should just go kill a bunch, maybe that's part of it I don't know one one thing I did see that was pretty interesting, and I think is either from twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen so it's a it's a little outdated, but it was twenty six of the last twenty seven mass shootings, or I think it was of the twenty seven worst mass shootings twenty six of them um the shooters grew up in a single parent household, no father
0: that's interesting, yeah, I mean, you know we've always been kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum of of the uh of the gun debate, you know mm-hmm. you're you're a pretty big believer in the second amendment, I'm you know probably the opposite we both agree that this is tragic you know the the root cause we probably agree on um as far as like the loss of community right people don't you know they're not they're not in bowling leagues anymore with each other you know they're kind of spending more and more time just introverted into the you know online world sort of the loss of that human connection i will say even if it's not a root cause of it i mean just looking like at the data of other countries that don't have sort of gun ownership as high as we do, they don't have, you know, certainly don't have mass shootings and they, and they, they don't have as much homicide by, by guns and probably not as much homicide. And to that, you know, you might say, well, you've got a loss of freedom there, right? Because, the loss of freedom is you can't you can't own a gun. And I would say, well, you know, I think that loss of that freedom on an individual basis is leading to an, a net-net overall good thing, right, in that you don't have mass shootings, and you don't have individual killings. And I've always thought that. Now, the hard part is, even philosophically, if you agree with me, it's hard to put that into practice because I don't think it's – I don't know if it's practical to – take away 300 million guns or 400 million guns or whatever the number is.
1: Right. Well, you're right about one thing. It would be a logistical impossibility to round up all the guns in America. There are f- something, there's more guns than there are people. So yeah, just it's dead on arrival just in terms of feasibility alone. But I, I got to take issue with what you were just talking about because I, I was literally just looking at a chart. So, at it. so
0: So how about this? Let, just one by one. So, Mass shootings in other countries don't really exist in in countries that don't have gun ownership, right? Can you can you explain the difference or no? You I you mean, recognize? We've the difference. seen them
1: in other countries. We've seen them in the UK. We just had one in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, but but as a percentage of like population, it's like I,
1: so that may be. But we do still see them, and then we also see other types of attacks, like in France when people just start driving over crowds of people with trucks, or you have suicide bombers that's the point like you can take away the guns but these attacks are still going to happen but anyway let me let me pull up this chart because it, it it directly refutes what you were just saying so this is a chart of the international homicide rate per 100,000 population and versus the per capita gun ownership as a percentage and I know this is great radio because I, I don't have the capability of showing our audience the chart. I will send this out with the weekly newsletter so that everybody can see what we're looking at here. The 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 gun ownership in America is so much higher than any other country, than any other country. And our, our international homicide rate, we're number nine. They we're the ninth lowest international homicide rate. And there's, there, there's like 25, I don't know, 25 or so countries on here with much less gun ownership and much higher rates of homicide. So what you're saying, it, it seems intuitive, and I hear it all the time. I hear it from a ton of people, but the numbers just don't bear that out. There have been entire books written on this that show that as you increase gun ownership, homicide rates go down, violence goes down. It seems counterintuitive at first glance, but that's what happens.
0: Well, but, I mean, a lot of these countries are, like, African countries with, like, very small, like, very weak central governments, right, yeah. that, that don't really promote the rule of law. Honduras, El Salvador.
1: Well, what difference does that make? If it's about the firearm ownership, you should see a trend of... The more guns you have, the higher your homicide rates are. And I mean, come on, dude. Look at that red line next to the United States. It's so much higher than anything else. If your theory holds that the the more guns you have, the more shootings you're going to have, then the discrepancy cannot be like that. There can't be that big of a discrepancy where your your gun ownership, your percentage ownership is like... 100 times that of everybody else. The US owns something like 85% of the world's guns. Some crazy percentage like that. And yet we're still in the top 10 in the in terms of the lowest homicide per per 100,000 population. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot with a with just some random chart that I pulled. I just I was literally just I saw this today, and then you said that the exact opposite of the chart, so I pulled it up and, I, and for the listeners out there I'm sorry you got you gotta go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, and you will get you will get this chart that we're looking at, and you can see that, you can see what we're seeing right now. Maybe I need to clarify my point with that chart it's not about whether or not the 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 countries have a strong central government and they abide by the rule of law my 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 only point with that is that the more guns you have does not necessarily mean the more homicides the more gun related homicides you're going to have however speaking of governments i know you're you don't want to have mass shootings but the um largest mass killers on the face of the earth are governments and they tend to disarm the population before they start taking you off to the killing fields.
0: I, I agree, but again, that's a red herring because we're talking about no,
1: you're not. We're no, talking about
0: you... homicide rate by individuals, not about sort of well, what the do problem you think? of war. Well,
1: I mean, but one of the reasons I want individuals to have guns is so that they can protect themselves from tyrannical governments, let alone. But but mass Johnny,
0: I, I guess that argument doesn't mesh up well with me either because the U.S. government is probably through war one of like the largest reasons of death and destruction in yeah. the U S we have really like widespread gun ownership. And when you talk about like European countries like Sweden and Switzerland and France, I mean, th- they're not as war mon- like war heavy as the U S and they have yeah. almost no, no, but gun. I'm
1: talking about uh, at home at home and not, not, not abroad.
0: Yeah. But a lot of those European countries, I mean, they don't have death penalty. They don't, they don't have, I mean, Again, you're talking about the U.S., which is a government with really heavy gun ownership. Yeah. If you look at the European countries that restrict gun ownership, they, I mean, they don't have high rates of, of like death penalty. And not, I don't think they have I'm the death penalty.
1: Talking about death penalty. I'm talking about like tyrannical governments that slaughter their people.
0: Yeah, again, I don't think like Sweden and Switzerland and like France. Yeah, is
1: Sw- Switzerland has a high, the second highest uh, per capita gun ownership in the world do they? after the U.S., yeah, man, it's on the chart. Look at the chart. <laughs> they're number 2, and they're they're also number 2 in lowest homicides. So how do you explain that? If more guns means you're going to have more gun-related deaths, how do you explain Switzerland? They're they're tied with, they look like they're virtually tied with Japan for the lowest homicide rates. Yet they have 40 times the gun ownership that of Japan. Even if you look at the look at to the the countries that have less less homicide deaths than the US they still have very high high percentage of gun ownerships compared to those other countries the the top 5 countries with the the highest per capita gun ownership are all in the top 9 in terms of the lowest homicide rate so how 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 come, Sweet, how come switzerland doesn't have how come sweden has the third lowest and the second and the third highest gun ownership canada Finland, these all have very high percentages. They're all in the top five in terms of per capita gun ownership, and they're all in the bottom five in terms of homicide rates.
0: But is it so hunting, this, this is or is it, is, it like, is it more like handguns?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Man. I mean, that's a big difference, right? Because no.
1: they're armed. An armed I think, society uh, is a polite society. Yeah. I, so do you, you think I should be disarmed?
0: Like if I were putting in a policy of a, of a government, I would say if I'm looking at homicide rates of like, you know, not developing countries, right. Developed countries, modern countries, the ones without gun ownership have the lowest rates of in mass shootings in the world. So if you're crafting public policy that everyone can agree on, I would say, yes, that's the best policy. Should we disarm 400, you know, 200 million Americans of 400 million guns, I don't think that'd be a good policy. I do think, sorry, I don't know if that'd be a good policy. I don't know if it's a practical policy, right? It might be a good policy.
1: What would it do to stop any of the mass shootings that you've ever heard of?
0: You mean disarming people?
1: Well, any of the common sense gun legislation that people are always talking about.
0: What would that do? Yeah. I think the idea is that people with mental illness have to go through, you know, if they have to go through some sort of training, uh, or or you know even mental health check, you would be able to
1: spot uh, okay, w- without even getting into the the immense amount of moral hazard there is with some government run mental health check to decide whether or not you get your constitutional rights. Look at Sandy Hook, the, the most horrific mass shooting we've had where that kid goes and takes his parents' guns and goes and shoots up a school a bunch of uh, uh, an elementary school. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude so your 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 best policy can't stop that from happening wouldn't have stopped that because if your your parents can pass that mental mental illness check and these are all kids these are all kids these are all young kids making these shootings so your your best policy your mental illness check oh my god would that be horrific but let's say that that's the best idea you can come up with it doesn't stop an elementary school shooting from happening the most the, the, the most sickening one of all None of these policies that uh, politicians are putting forth would have stopped any of these mass shootings.
0: People say that, but like if you look at like the past two, I'm pretty sure they they bought their gun through perfectly legal means. I mean, if you're not gonna, well, I don't know how these last two just. Well, I'm just guns. saying, I, yeah, I yeah, I don't know how the last two, that. but but again, if you're not gonna like, you yeah. know, if you're not gonna disarm people, I think you have to make it a lot more difficult to to have again, gun on. You're yeah.
1: going who cares about the gun the decision to kill people it it's not like okay i have this gun now i'm going to kill a bunch of people believe me i have a ton of guns i haven't had guns my whole life but the uh, uh, over the last 10 years or so i've acu- i've i've accumulated several firearms guess what i am no more likely now to commit a mass shooting than i was before i had the guns it's not like you just get these guns and all of a sudden <laughs> You get, it's like you're putting on the, 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 uh, the ring from Lord of the Rings and you get overcome with this desire to start shooting people. It's not how it works, man. You decide that you're going to kill a bunch of people and then you figure out how you're going to do that. That's
0: because guns are much more deadly.
1: The deadliest attack was a bomb, a homemade fertilizer bomb.
0: Yeah. But again, the technical know-how for someone to put that together is very difficult versus going in and buying a gun. The technical know-how is Dude, basically have zero. Have you ever
1: bought a gun? It's not that easy. Really? People like to say that it's so much. It's so easy to get a gun. It's different in every state. Illinois has some of the stricter gun laws, Chicago in particular, some of the strictest in the country. But it would be far easier for me to go on the internet and figure out how to make a fertilizer bomb than it was to buy guns. Okay. I know people like to be like, oh, you just walk into a store and buy a gun. No, no. Well, isn't it like, like no, no. wasn't it in Michigan?
0: You like, you like open up a bank account and you like got a gun with it. <laughs> no, isn't that like, isn't that like one of Michael one of Michael Moore's video like movies?
1: Dude, Michael Moore is full of shit. You do see every once in a while it'll be like you buy a car and you get a, a free shotgun or something like that. But I guarantee you, you have to go through some sort of check before they give you the shotgun. They don't just hand it to you. If your goal is to get a gun, I mean, there are easier ways to get a $200 shotgun than there is to buy a $15,000 car. <laughs> you know what I mean? But rest assured, the ATF will be up your ass if you're doing a gun promotional deal where you're selling something and then giving a gun away. You're going to have to have some sort of license check, some sort of ID check, background check, that sort of thing. Everybody has to do it. So After, tell me the
0: process of, of you okay, getting gun. Okay, so...
1: When when I had to purchase my firearms, so the first thing I had to do is obtain what's called a firearm owner ID card, which means I had to go through a background check. Okay. So I had to fill out I had to fill out a form, um, and you either have to turn it in, uh, to to like the the police, or you can you could submit it online to the federal government. Is
0: that is that Illinois or is that
1: the Foid card? Is Illinois not not just Illinois? There's a there's I don't know, 10 states or something like that that require you to get the firearm owner ID. Not every state requires that, but all guns purchased through federal firearm licensed dealers, and that, that includes gun shows and internet sales, they have to go through a background check, a federal background check. And from what I understand, that is not up for debate. That is nationwide. There are something like nine states that require a state background check on top of that. So to answer your question, every state, um, there are different rules in different states. But pretty much at some point before you obtain the firearm, you're going to get a background check of some kind.
0: And my guess is if, if you're like a felon... That right. triggers it. Yeah. And you can't buy a gun. Yeah.
1: They they ask you on the paperwork, are you a felon? Yeah, that sort of stuff. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? And if you are, you cannot buy a gun. Legally, so regardless of what you say, case.
0: even if you say I'm not a felon. Yeah, they do a background check. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then And what about a not felon, just like misdemeanors? Or no, it's felon.
1: Very, um very clear. I, I think it might depend on the crime. If yeah. it's a violent crime of any sort. Right. Okay. Not a problem for me. I have a very clean background. Thank you. So I forget how long the the government gives themselves to process that firearm owner ID paperwork. It's either a month or three months before they get it back to you, right? Um, and you have to you have to pay. There's there's fees involved, and then you have to go through when you actually purchase the firearm. You can't like I, they always talk about these gun show loopholes. That's a bunch of fucking nonsense. If you're buying a gun from any it, especially like online sales or anything like that. Like I buy my online, they, they send it to a federally licensed firearm dealer and they run a background check on you as well. So once I get my, um my license to own my firearm owner ID, when I buy the, um the gun, the whoever I'm buying it from runs that ID to make sure it's legit. Right. Then they send the gun to a federally licensed dealer and he does a background check on me as well. That takes a couple of days. Yeah. Then I can go and pick up the gun from that guy. Okay. And by the way, the process to become one of those federally licensed firearm dealers is excruciating from what these guys were telling me, and they are subject to random ATF raids of their houses or wherever they're doing their dealing from. Some of these guys run it out of their basement. You know, So, so their, their entire house is subject to, a, to an ATF raid at any time. So
0: purchasing it involves some time and background And to get a concealed carry, yeah.
1: you have to um, basically do all that again. You have to submit finger, either fingerprints but or...
0: Here's what I don't understand. And, and by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you actually came on that because I, I honestly did not know that. I thought I could probably go to a store and get a gun in like a week, right? Which I might, I might be able to this just Takes a lot of background. Um, stuff that
1: kind of things. Yeah, it would, I, it would probably take you a week to get the, oh no, it takes a, like a month to process the paperwork to get the <clears> firearm owner ID so, card.
0: So besides the paperwork and the, and the background, but here's yeah. what I understand. Once you,
1: once you have it, yeah. once you have all that done, yeah. you could probably get a gun in a week.
0: Here's yeah. what I understand in Wisconsin. If I want to go deer hunting, okay, yeah. right? I have to go through multiple classes, like in-person classes you know, let's say four classes over the course of a month or six classes over the course of six weeks, right, that they're widely available. But I have to complete those before I want to get, like, a hunting license or be able to shoot a deer, okay, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons they do it. You know, chiefly, they want, you know, people to be safe with it. So what's the problem with having someone go through, you know, four or six weeks of training? And filtering out the Looney Tunes, you know, and being able to see, okay, one, those people are less likely to actually go through that six weeks. And two, if they do show themselves to be crazy, at least, you know, they can be pointed out.
1: There's, a, I mean, there's a few problems with that. One, give me the
0: most important problem. Okay. And we'll work well, away from that.
1: If, if they slip through the cracks of your system, you've now given them four to six weeks of military training okay. <laughs> on how to be more deadly with a gun. Like, one of the, the good things about it is a lot of these shooters have no idea what they're doing.
0: Really? How are they so yeah. deadly?
1: Well, I mean, they're going into, like, crowded areas. I mean, if they wanted to be more deadly, they'd use a shotgun. Okay. They, they, use these, they use these semi-automatic rifles that, you know, they don't know how to aim properly. Right. They hold a lot of bullets, and they're easy. They're fairly easy to reload, but that's about it. If you go, if you go in there with, like, a shotgun... You could really ruin a lot of people's days. Okay, um, just because it it's got to spread. You can hit more than one person with. Is a, that what the
0: guy in Vegas did?
1: Uh, no. The during the um the music festival. Yeah. No, he had. Well, if that was really him, there's a lot of theories about that. No, he was like up from a, a perch thing. He had a bunch of guns up there. Yeah. He had a bunch of uh like long range. So, so, so these classes aren't about a bump these classes
0: aren't about like safety, handling the gun, that sort of thing.
1: They like, do that when you get your um, concealed carry okay. license. In order to get that, you have to um, take in in um, Chicago. It's two eight-hour days. Did you do that? Uh, yeah, I had to. I mean, again, and then you have to qualify at the range. Why
0: well, can't instead of just for the concealed carry, that be the training for everyone that buys a gun? I mean, that's not making someone more deadly. That's just, again, focused on safety, you know, again, being able to point out maybe some of the people who are a little bit crazy or filter them out, like they won't go through with that. Like, why can't you make that a requirement before getting a gun?
1: Well, most importantly, because you're denying somebody's fundamental right to defend themselves. Like I shouldn't have to go through your qualifying class so that I can get a gun to protect myself. I have a fundamental human right to defend myself against attackers, governments, whatever. And by, by requiring a class, you're, you're saying that I don't have that right, that I have to jump through these hoops first. So that, that's a big issue for me. So by deterring people from obtaining firearms, if you're using it as a deterrent, now all you've done is keep guns out of hands of law-abiding citizens that just want to protect themselves. If somebody is hell-bent on shooting up a school or shooting up a building full of people or whatever, and, yeah, it's too big of a pain in the ass to go through that class or whatever hoops you're going to make them jump through, then they'll obtain the guns illegally. They don't care. They're ready to kill somebody. What difference do they care if they violate your gun laws? They don't care about that. That doesn't matter to them. I mean, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that's not going to do anything, all right? If I'm going... like. If the shooter gets his gun legally and he shoots up a bunch of people, gun control didn't work. And if he got his gun illegally and he kills a bunch of people, gun control didn't work. So the harder you make it to get guns legally, then they'll just get them illegally. And if they're going to kill people, they're going to find a way to do it. When has prohibition worked on anything? Can you think of an instance? No, can't because it doesn't work. It's illegal. It used to be illegal to get to buy marijuana did that stop anybody of course not cocaine's illegal do people still use cocaine yes heroin yes and it's just like
0: by that theory like they want to kill a bunch of people like why don't they get more deadly weapons like fertilizer bombs you know i think because technically it's a little bit more difficult right there's a little bit more of a trail to it
1: so guns are guns are hot right now man it's in i don't know you know it probably depends shooter to shooter. Because the the guy from New Zealand talked about why he used a gun. He was trying to make a political statement. And then there's probably some fantasy that goes along with it. Some sick, twisted fantasy where they want the satisfaction of pulling the trigger for each kill. You know, a a bomb is instantaneous. So yeah, you'll kill more people, but you won't won't get to fulfill this bizarre fantasy that you have. Maybe that's it. I don't know. These guys are fucking crazy, man.
0: Yeah, I just... (sighs) again like like well let's
1: yeah let but i mean like let's think about what happens in in one of these situations in walmart and el paso when somebody who who managed to slip through all of your gun control regulations or whatever this crazy guy gets a gun and he walks in there and he starts shooting what does everybody do
0: I mean, it's what they do now, which is basically, you know, scream and run. Yeah. And you and wait, wait for the you, police. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you wait for the guys with guns to come. Right. To put them down. Right. Exactly. So there are literally two things that can possibly happen, right? Because once, once the guy has the gun and he's starting to shoot, right, you ha- in order to stop him, you have to act violently, right? You, somebody has to kill him, <laughs> or put him down. So that can either be somebody who is right there on the spot carrying a firearm of their own or what you can wait for the cops to show up, which a good response time for the cops is like 4 minutes and a, you know sometimes they don't show up at all. I mean, mass shootings, yeah, but the bad neighborhoods in Chicago. like that That's the other thing, man. All this gun control stuff, it really hurts the, the most vulnerable people among us, the poorest people that, that live in the worst neighborhoods. Cops don't go into those neighborhoods, man. They don't fuck around in, in, on the south side of Chicago or in Baltimore or on the west side. Like, yeah, they'll come like two hours later, maybe, right? So... What's wrong with allowing people to arm themselves and protect themselves? Is it a panacea? Absolutely not. But I don't understand why everyone's so vehemently against it. It 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 just seems to me that it's rooted in a fundamental misunderstanding of firearms. People that have never used one, people that aren't comfortable with them because and they're foreign. You know, they're scary. They're scary things. Like it could go off or something like that. It, it's not how they work. OK, so what's wrong with having other people there able to defend themselves? Where, where's the danger? But again, in that?
0: why is that? I mean, guns are widespread now. Like, why well, are you
1: can't bring them anywhere? I have my concealed carry permit in Chicago. Chicago's got some of the strictest gun control laws in the country. You want to know where I can't bring my gun? Pretty much anywhere you go on a daily basis. You can't bring them into hospitals, public parks, onto public transportation, into government buildings. I just think. Into that, any think, restaurant or bar that makes more than 50% of the revenue from alcohol sales. I mean. So, like, what, yeah. what can I do? I can walk around the block as long as I don't go into a park. Again, okay. I think if
0: you didn't have that restriction, you'd have way more homicides because Wrong. basically anytime someone got in an argument, boom, That's they pop up No. Why is that ridiculous? Because you don't just because you're, you're level headed doesn't mean everyone else is level headed no
1: because yeah first of all if, if everybody knows that there that you could you could get popped at the at the drop of a dime, you're gonna get in less arguments first of all and just because I have the gun doesn't it doesn't change me as a person it's just a tool yeah
0: but again that's the point is like you're a level-headed guy so you wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, but there's a but lot you want to disarm me so that but when when an unlevel headed guy comes out there, I just have to fucking sit there. I guess that's my, the plan. I guess I guess my that's point is, the plan. I guess my point is there's Wait a lot the of, lot lot of hotheads
0: out there that if yeah. having a gun was so easy to walk around with, you'd have a lot more shootings. Right. You're going in the
1: opposite. Direction. You don't the numbers don't bear that out. The numbers do not bear that uh, Look out. at the
0: Wild West. I mean, I feel like...
1: <laughs> Yo, you feel. Well, here you go with your feelings again. I didn't say look at feel. The, I thought you just said, I feel like.
0: I said, look at the Wild West.
1: And then you said, I feel... I could play it back right now. I cut you off, but you said, I feel like. Okay, yeah, I feel Dude, like. the Wild West wasn't even the Wild West. What movie? Demolition, man. All right. Um, but <laughs> you don't see the... the we have a far... Chicago's one of the dangerous places in the world. <laughs> And we have the strict. We have the strictest gun control laws. You don't see these kinds of shootings in places that have
0: probably a lot of the guns that, that get onto the street illegally were like legally purchased. Like if you if you go trace them,
1: I think that's a fact. What's that? Say that again. Sorry.
0: Like the guns that make their way on the street, like through quote unquote illegal use, were purchased legally. Maybe. Not, I mean, I think that, that is a fact. Oh, I'm no the longer feeling. Know.
1: <laughs> all right well that may or may not be a fact uh, again it's it, it, to me it's irrelevant how are, you you're not going none of this gets at the root cause of the issue there is something else going on here where
0: I, I just think like instead of like making do with like the conspiracies it's like look at countries with low gun ownership right england france italy sweet like all these and they don't have these homicide rates.
1: There's a lot of other things in those countries though too that that differ from America.
0: I think Britain's pretty close to us.
1: But they also have other types of of homicide like they they had a a surge in knife related homicides that had them briefly overtake New York in homicide rates. They also have more home burglaries while people are in their homes because that they know that nobody's armed. So I mean Yeah, they might have lower homicide rates from guns because they have less guns, but they have they have more knife homicides because they have less guns. And now they're talking about banning knives. There's all these memes going around about how they need to ban knives.
0: Let's put it this way. okay? I I can make a very strong argument that countries with low gun ownership have very low rates of homicide per capita, right? Especially in, in like developed countries. Again, just,
1: that, I just saw it showed the chart.
0: Yeah, but it's like a bunch of Arab countries, with like weak central governments and like no, no rule of law. Uh,
1: oh well, you're just gonna write off countries yeah. that don't fit in your fucking system. Yeah,
0: because I don't think the Congo is a good, a good comparison to the United States. Anyway, so, so I think I can strongly make that There's argument. just, I'm
1: gonna I, read off the fucking countries on this. All right, so Switzerland, Sweden, UK, Canada, Finland. But that's to the left Turkey, of the US. India. That's to the left of the US. US. Right. Yeah, what difference does it make? Dude, the difference between homicide rates in Switzerland and, and the US does not account for the does not account for the discrepancy in gun ownership between the two countries. It should be exponentially higher in the US. Anyway, let me continue. Then Argentina, Thailand, Philippines, Pakistan, Zimbabwe, Costa Rica, Russia, Peru, Nigeria, Mexico, Ecuador, Panama. Um, Ethiopia, Tanzania, Congo, yeah, Colombia, South Africa, Guatemala, Venezuela, El Salvador, Honduras.
0: I mean, most of those countries to the right, right, with higher are developing countries with like weak central governments. Right. Most of the countries to the left of the US were, you know, developed modern countries, right? That are more similar to the US in probably like, you know, economic prosperity and, and rule of law. So again, I feel very comfortable, and again, we're not going to agree on this issue, which is fine. Yeah. Right. I feel comfortable that you know these countries without guns, you don't have much of an issue. Now, you might have other issues which you can point to, right? And you can make those arguments. I will say I don't know that I have a great argument for. Okay. You know, Pandora's out of the box. Okay. What What do you do now? It's It's not practical to disarm four hundred million people. I'd be curious if if more checks along the way, more training along the way would would solve the problem. I mean, you you put some pretty good arguments for it that they wouldn't, but
1: well, okay. You you could say that you have a strong argument for it. I guess we'll let the the listeners decide because yeah, we're we're probably going to have to agree to disagree. But I I still think that chart speaks for itself. I think you're you're mis you're misreading the chart or the point because there are, even those countries to the left, like, if your theory holds true, there should be a much higher homicide rate in the U.S. Like, just, just, just look at the distribution. And, and based on how much more gun ownership we have, we should have far more homicides than we do, if your theory holds true. Forget about the, all the governments and all the other countries. If gun ownership is the problem, why don't we have more uh, gun-related homicides? Because even the countries to the left, it's not that much more. But we got to get off this chart because nobody about us can see it. (laughs) I guess it's a great reason for you guys to go to our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com, and sign up for our newsletter so you can see what the hell we're talking about. Then everybody will see that I'm right. But like I said before, more checks are not the problem here all that's going to do is disarm otherwise law-abiding citizens every single time.
0: I think if you made it, like, I mean, there's there's two things here, right? There's the constitutional argument, which you have to get through, which is, like, how hard can you make it for John Perfita to own a gun, right? Let's say you get past that. Let's say you say, you know what, you can craft whatever policy you want as long as you get people to agree with it, okay? So now the next question is, if John Profita, who went through you know a bunch of paperwork and some background checks, now had to go through you know multiple hours of classes over the course of weeks or months, would that cut down significantly on the people that shouldn't own guns? That's the million-dollar question. I mean, I think a lot of people argue that that's that's how you solve some of these issues, and you put some.
1: I just you know? I don't see the logic in it. I don't see how making it. Illegal to get a gun is going to stop. Like, I got news for you. All you listeners out there, Johnny the Jew included, I don't know if you guys know this, but it is illegal. It's already illegal to kill somebody. That doesn't seem to stop them. They don't care about your fucking laws. That's what makes them criminals.
0: Yeah, I mean, and by the way, going back to the prohibition, like, okay, when I was 16 and 17, we like to drink alcohol, right? Yeah. It wasn't the easiest thing to get alcohol. I mean, like yeah. we could do it. We'd have to like kind of, but we couldn't always do it. Right. It wasn't like we could just go to the, the the liquor store and
1: buy it off the shelf. It was definitely easier to get weed than it was booze. Right. And that's the point. It was a black market. It was easier to get the illegal drugs on the black market than it was to go to what what you would call a licensed alcohol dealer and buy it there which is why you can put in all the, all the rules and regulations and, and cl- training classes that you want to put in place, but the black market's just going to become more and more vibrant. And it'll be that much easier for people to get around getting a firearm without having to go through your classes. No, um,
0: n- Not because we're going to agree on this either, but what about selling or restricting the deadliness of, of the type of weapon?
1: No. No, why you, you can't
0: buy hand grenades?
1: I know that's the problem. Why it buy oh, a tank? Yeah,
0: but well, why would restricting the deadliness of the weapon not not work? Would these shootings become less deadly? So isn't the deadliness of the weapon making them more deadly? I always hear like assault rifle are
1: used. Yeah, but assault rifle is a made-up term. Okay, that does not exist. There is no assault rifle gun. Okay. I don't know if it happens if it has to do with the fact that the name of the gun is an AR-15, okay. and people assume that that stands for assault rifle 15. Yeah. AR is the abbreviation of the gun manufacturer. It's Armalite. Right. So they named it AR. But to answer your question, no, because you still you're still going to have the issue of the black market. You're not going to stop the black market from existing. And then look at Virginia Tech. Re- remember v- Virginia Tech. That guy killed, that was one of the the most deadly shootings we have. That guy killed the 33 people with a handgun. And by the way, nobody is talking about restricting handguns. Like, nobody. Nobody's talking about handguns, and more people die from handguns than any other firearm. Virginia Tech proved that you, you can kill just as many people with a handgun as you can with anything else. It's a matter of response time, okay? The quicker the response time, the less people die. And the quickest response time is to have somebody else there, several I want everybody else there to be armed. What's going to happen if a shooter goes into a room with, even if he has a freaking bazooka and 40 people pull out their guns, he's done for. He's done for. I mean, it would be like a cartoon. It would be comical how fucked he would be. And none of this, I got to bring it back because we're going, we're going way over time here. And none of this gets to the root of the problem. I know your argument is that if you can get guns out of the hands of people, you'll have less people capable of making these these mass shootings. Look, it's not about the tool, okay? It's not about what they're using to kill people. It's that we have these people that are willing to, to indiscriminately kill as many people as possible. Because the guns have always been around. We've always had guns. And yeah, you can say that you don't have these, these types of shootings in other countries, but neither did we. The U.S. didn't have these mass shootings before 20, 30 years ago. This is a new phenomenon, but the guns have always been here. We've always been armed. Hell, in the, in the 50s, kids used to bring guns to school. They used to bring them to school intentionally because they had, like, target practice class or hunting class or stuff like that. They'd carry their guns around in school. This wasn't even a thought in people's minds. It wasn't even a consideration that somebody would just walk into classroom and shoot everybody inside. This is a new phenom- There's something causing this. And it's not the fact that we have a lot of guns. And it may make you feel good inside. It may, may, it may give you some false sense of security to know that the government has all these rules and regulations in place to, in theory, protect you. Go back and listen to my episode on delusion. You can live in that delusion, but it's not going to change the the reality of the situation. And the reality is, the more rules they put in place to disarm you, the less safe you are. So I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) On the high note, right? Make sure you download and subscribe, share the show. I guarantee you know somebody who needs to hear this message impossible that you don't know somebody who needs to hear at least the last 10 minutes of this episode so share the show with a couple of your friends follow us on twitter at pedal fiction and if you want to become a supporting member of the show go to our website pedalingfictionpodcast.com don't forget to sign up for our newsletter and join our private facebook group and if you can please take the time to give us a five-star rating and review on itunes if you think the show is worth it and until next time just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace